So there's a lot of things that are going on for you to make money. And there's a lot of things going on to you finally for you to create the job or create the career that you really want for yourself. And look at these things that are problems like, hey, I'm in a country that's smaller. I'm in a country that doesn't have resources or I'm in a place that doesn't have certain things. How do you make that actually your advantage versus your disadvantage? And that's what business is. It's what are the problems that I'm facing? What are the opportunities around me? And how do I do something about it? What is up, you sexy bastards? It is your boy, Skinny Vanilla Latte, aka Rabbi Can't Lose, aka No Kagan. I am answering your questions again. I love answering your questions. I really, really enjoyed. If you have questions about your business, about what to have for lunch, or anything else going on in your mind, post at okdork.com slash asknoah. You guys seem to be liking these episodes, so I want to keep doing more of them. Today's questions we get about, how do I start a business in a third world country? That was interesting. Two, how do I actually do referral marketing and affiliate marketing? And three, how do you hire a great operations person? Some really, really interesting questions. I think you're going to love the episode. And make sure to submit okdork.com slash asknoah if you have questions for the future. Enjoy. For joining the episode, go check out appsumo.com. Just go sign up for the newsletter. Come on, y'all already know about this. Number one site online for software deals. If you're looking to start or grow an online business, we have the best tools at the best price, appsumo.com. Question number one from Alfredo Quavedo. Damn, that is a fire name. I live in El Salvador. It is a small third world country. Opportunities here are limited. As an example, I want to make an online business, but PayPal or Stripe won't let me transfer good earned money to my bank account here. So this kind of thing gets in the way all the time. Now, the question is, where can I find a reliable business partner in the US that could be interested in the business ideas and be willing to help me out in any way to really build, sell, and deliver? I'm thinking of someone who could coach me and help me sort out things that are not available in my country. So George, who is our associate junior intern producer of the show, is saying, He likes this question because we are lucky to be in the United States, even though I don't even know if George is allowed to be here. But he's kind of curious, if I had to start a business in a third world country, how would I do it? So there was a few different things coming from this question. One, El Salvador, shout out to the people in El Salvador. My best friend is is El Salvadorian. Uh, Marty, what up, dog? Third world country, it's interesting because nowadays you literally don't know where anyone actually lives. Like, I think we have a guy in Australia. I'm just kidding. Damien, I know you're in Adelaide. I think Adelaide. You could be anywhere in the world. Now, few different pieces of this question are really interesting. So how would I make a business in a third world country? But let's, let's answer first your two-part stuff. One, PayPal or Stripe won't let me transfer good earned money to my bank account here. Hello, that sounds like opportunity. Calling, it's, it's answering. You need to pick it up, Alfredo. So if you're not able to transfer money and other people are having that problem, that's a great thing to go solve. PayPal and Stripe didn't exist 10 years ago. Someone created it because they had their own problems. So can you figure out a banking solution? I know there's transferwise.com. I know there's things with crypto. There's a lot of opportunity out there. And if you're having a problem getting your money from externally into internally, maybe you can solve that for other people. Now, the second thing that you're asking is, how do I find a reliable business partner? So I'm a little confused, though, because you, you want someone to build, sell, and deliver. So you want a coach or you want someone to just do the whole thing for you? Two pieces with that. So if you're trying to find a business partner, you really have to think about it like finding a wife or husband or and go on a lot of dates, right? And that will help you clarify what you actually want, what you really need, and then really find a partner that you're like, oh, thank God. And for me, it took me know, maybe 10 years to finally find Chad. Uh, and Chad is like a perfect compliment. Like we support each other. He's much more calm. He's much more analytical. Uh, he cares. He really wants me to be happy. And I do the same for him. And so that took me a lot of partners that didn't work out. Uh, and trying a lot of things to finally get to that point. Now, to the ultimate question, how do you build a start a business in a third world country? Like you have an advantage, right? You have an advantage that you are in El Salvador. So a few of the things that I'd be thinking about is one, are there other talented people in El Salvador around me that aren't making a lot of money that I can actually build an outsourcing or offshoring business providing support to American or international companies that have more money? That'd be the first thing I would start looking at. 
And if you're already listening to this podcast, maybe you're in the okdork.com slash underdogs, or you're in another community, start asking people like, hey, do you have any VA, virtual assistant, or offshoring task, or maybe even be specific, like we'll do your cold calls. Like right now at AppSumo, let me give an example. We have three people full-time that we pay, and they're great, called the LDRs. And their job is literally to go find prospects. So they go out and search the web for AppSumo.com to find deals and software tools that we should list on AppSumo. That could totally be your business. So are there other companies that are looking for leads? Are there other companies that need their Yelp pages and all the review pages optimized? So I would try to go see, one, is there talent I have around me that is not making a lot of money, which is what it sounds like, and turn that talent around because it's more affordable to get people in other countries to pay me for that talent. So that's one business I would would go do personally. Number two, you can always go and look at these online platforms like Fiverr and Upwork and other stuff like that. The challenge there is it's really hard to differentiate, but it's good reps. It's sometimes with business, I really think you just got to put in the reps. You just got to go and shoot the shot a lot of times and get your basics down. But that's a great way. Like you can go and those sites have ways of paying you. A lot of the people that do those sites are all around the world. Number three, I would try to think about what are businesses that are working in America that I could actually bring to my smaller country, right? Is there Uber already developed? Is there crypto already developed? Like even keep it stupider. Is there content that I could just repurpose in Spanish for El Salvadorians? Yeah. Or is there an export in El Salvador? So El Salvador, I, shout out, I know you got that good coffee. Is there stuff in El Salvador that you can then ship to other places? Like, hey, it's literally the best coffee in the world. You know, a stupid Americans like, man, good coffee. Of course, we'll pay you more premium. So there's a lot of things that are going on for you to make money. And there's a lot of things going on to you finally for you to create the job or create the career that you really want for yourself. And look at these things that are problems like, hey, I'm in a country that's smaller. I'm in a country that doesn't have resources or I'm in a place that doesn't have certain things. How do you make that actually your advantage versus your disadvantage? And that's what business is. It's what are the problems that I'm facing? What are the opportunities around me? And how do I do something about it? When I was in college, I was an RA uh, my senior year and there was freshmen. And these freshmen were really, really talented, really, really capable. But as a freshman or sophomore, if you guys went to college, you know, it's kind of hard to get a real internship, real job. You like ask your cousin's neighbor's uncle, like, Shlomo, can I work at the shop? He's like, no, you can't do it. So you're like, shit, what do I do? And so for me, I was like, man, these people want to get into business school at Berkeley, where I went, and they need experience. So I was like, huh, they're really talented, really smart, but they don't have a lot of experience per se. But what do they know? They know how to be college students. So I actually recruited a bunch of freshmen and I paid them. I think it was someone was unpaid and someone was paid. And I was like, hey, we're going to go to local businesses and do their marketing for them. And I'll do the sales, I'll go and sell it, and then you guys can go help deliver the marketing for them. And we actually ended up building, it's called HFG Consulting, it was one of my first companies. And that ended up turning into ninjacard.com, which became a pretty profitable discount card business. I guess I, I like discounts. And so the point being though, is that I actually just saw that there was really talented people that didn't have an opportunity, and I turned it around. And I think I would try to think the same thing uh, with how do you have being in El Salvador an advantage for you that, that I can't even compete with. All right, question two from Leah Spasova, my ex-wife. Nicknames, it's our pet names. She's not my literal ex-wife. She's in our underdog Slack community. That's okdork.com slash underdogs. If you're not in that group, it is a free group to support and help each other on your business journeys, get accountability, even get potential customers. Don't go pitching like crazy, but it's an awesome community to help you build your life. So okdork.com slash underdogs. So she, her question was, as a non-marketer asking a potentially silly question, but dot, dot, dot. Could having multiple marketers and affiliates be damaging or difficult for a business, especially when it comes to tracking who brought in what clients and buyers? Yeah, the answer is yes. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. All right. Next question. No. So if you have different people and you're trying to, you know, I, I think taking a step back here, what we're really asking is how do we grow our companies? 
So Leah, I think does uh, love coaching. And the question is, how do you, you know, encourage people to grow your business? So one of the number one ways that literally everyone, including ourselves at AppSumo.com does not do really well is referrals. So instead of trying to do affiliates and paying other marketers, initially, if you already have a customer base, the two stupidest number one things you should always do is number one, ask those people in a very clear way, and I'll show you exactly how to do it for a referral. And number two, whatever you did to get those people initially, do more of that. And because people, including myself and most other marketers, they always want this new next thing, but I'm like, go to the people that already like you and ask them for someone else. And two, how did you get these initial people that already like you and do more of that one? Now, I said I would tell you how to do the referral thing. People do referrals really shitty. What they do is they say, hey, um, I'm opening a gym. Who should be my client? Do you have someone you could send? It's like when someone asks me, no, do you have a marketer you could send me? Like, that's hard. But now I'm going to give you an example. Let's say I'm trying to find a wife, which uh, I'm starting to maybe think about Wife Quest 4000. Shout out, Tynan. It's much easier if I say I am looking for a 30 to a 34-year-old Jewish female who lives in New York, Austin, San Francisco. Do you know one person that's like that? Do you know someone like that? No. But do you see what I'm saying? Like how much easier that is for you to just now narrow in a referral versus like, hey, uh, do you know anyone who'd be a good wife? Like that's fucking tough. I think you guys know how it is. So in your referrals, make it stupid easy to be like, do you know any male that is single that is 30 years old that needs a, a life coach or a love coach? I don't know what your exact coaching is, Leah. So I would be more specific at that. And then very important when you do referrals, if people send you anything, you've got to close the loop to reward the behavior. So definitely send them a gift, send them a note, send them a thank you. So many times people do referrals and it's like, all right, cool. Yeah, F you. I'm like, dude, thank them. Now, in terms of tracking, you're asking, can you track? Just track, use a spreadsheet, make it easier for them to submit. Maybe they submit it through a Google form. Maybe they use like a bit.ly link or whatever links people are using to track nowadays. I think the thing with using multiple marketers and affiliates, what you really want to be mindful of is, do you have clear guidelines for people to behave? So at AppSumo.com, we have some people sometimes that are like doing crazy shit. And it's like, hey, we have clear guidelines so that you know what is the expected behavior. Uh, And I think that's helpful for people you work with as well. It sounds like with marketers and affiliates. So you don't want them damaging your business. So make that clear what they can behave. And you probably, if if that's happening where they're damaging your business, need to reconsider your upfront filtering. So as you're processing these people, what is the areas you missed? where they're being shady or not good players. And then in your upfront filtering, how do you be able to identify that earlier? Hope you're doing awesome, Leah. Thinking about you. Question three, Henry Belcaster. Damn, there's been, this episode has the best names of people I think we've ever done. Good job, George. George Banana. Hi, Noah. Hi. Who am I? Who are you? How do you hire a great operations person? This can either be a COO or operations manager. And the anti-question, how do you hire the world's worst operation person. I, I don't think about the anti-question. At AppSumo.com, I think we one of our strengths is operations. So we have multiple people who are very impressive at it. Eamon is, is, was the former CEO. He's excellent at it. Alona, who's the current VP of Ops, is excellent at it. Anna Notario, who is our head of staff, is excellent at it. Mitchell Cohen, one of my homeboys, he's helped put all the dork stuff together. Excellent at it. How do you hire anyone great is really the question you're really asking. But for an operations person, there's maybe two simple ways of thinking about an operations person. Let's break that down. There's actually three segments of it. So one, can they actually figure out an operation, right? So as an example, can they make sure that you post on Twitter every day? So now can they create a process around it? So can they solve it? Two, can they create an operation around it? And three, can they improve it? So let's break that down one more time. Can they solve it, operate it, improve it? Now, what most people will be hiring, I think are good people. And a good person can probably solve it. So, hey, Mitchell, I need to be able to post on TikTok once a day. All right, I can figure that out. 
can they they operationalize it? What, what does that really mean? Can they create consistency so that you're not worrying if it's going to happen and you're not worried about the quality changing? Like, think about this. The most impressive thing about Starbucks is that it always tastes the fucking same no matter where you're in the world. That's why they do well. Coffee sucks. It just sucks. And I'm not even a coffee snob. Even though I'm drinking Comatier. This episode is sponsored by Comatier. Click the affiliate link in the show notes. I'm just kidding. I don't even think we'll have it in the show notes, but it is really good. Shout out Comatier. Now, most people do one and two okay. So they'll figure out how to post on TikTok each day and they will be able to make a checklist on a Google Doc or spreadsheet and be able to do that. Now, what you're really looking for, what the difference between good and great is the third part, which is if you go away for a week or two, is your TikTok channel actually gonna be better? Now, what does that mean? Did the person bring you some stats and analytics that said, hey, I've noticed you're posting this specific type of content and these are the ones that do, so let's do more of that. Or do they say, hey, I even did some extra videos for you. So now if you come back in a week, it's gonna be even better than when you left it. And I think what when we're hiring people, the problem that, that we all fall into is we're hiring people that are gonna sustain things and maintain things, but not improve things. And that's okay. Sometimes you need someone to just maintain it. But if you're looking for great, you're looking for someone that can actually improve it while sustaining it over a long period of time. Now the question is, well, how do I find them? And then how do I filter them to find, you know, the best person? Man, this is just getting tough. So I I think there's a few things out there. There are, you know, you can ask your friends. Like, I think what, what I'd be interested in terms of the people who are great at operationalizing, one, it's like, who is very organized? So I'd ask my friends, like, who's the most organized person you know? And generally someone who's organized is able to like put things into a process and a checklist and make sure things happen. And so when, when you're trying to recruit these people, look for someone who's already doing operations somewhere else, like biz ops or VP of ops or CEO or something like that. Look for someone who's organized. Look for someone who's put on events. If you're putting on an event, there's generally someone who has to have an organized thing about like everything that's going to be happening. And a way to, to filter through it is give them examples. Like, hey, I want to be doing TikTok. How would you actually get this organized? And see what they come back to you with. I think a lot of people... Uh, will come back with, okay, to me, impressive would be they have a calendar, they maybe have a spreadsheet to track it, they have a, a doc that writes up the actual process of it, they maybe have a video like using Loom or QuickTime to actually document it. And then the filtering is is really the, the important part of that. So one, how you're going to find them is referrals, look at your network, look at people who are already doing it. And then the filtering is the key thing, really give them the process things that you need them to solve, do and improve, and see what they come back to you with. I will say operations and app at AppSumo is probably the reason we've been successful in the past few years is that I think we're innovating and I think we're really getting better at that recently. But I think our sustainability and operations and sticking with what's been working, like find a good product, send out an email. And the fact that we can do that with great videos, with great content, with no errors, with less issues on our, like codes, uh, it's actually a really big process that we've been able to hire people that have been able to solve that. The other thing with process I, I would highlight as well for becoming it is one, people build up. So maybe start at someone on as doing operations on one thing uh, and see how they evolve. And we've definitely seen that within the company. It's like give you give you plant four seeds, you water four seeds, and you see which one grows best. And some people just naturally go into some areas and, and take over. And also give it time. Yes, have someone come and have someone start it. But we've been doing this now 12 years. And so processes evolve. So be be kind to yourself. I think that's a message I've been saying to myself a lot this year is that as you're doing this stuff, be kind to yourself and not so hard about it. And lastly, I would say with operations with AppSumo specifically is what lane do you want them to be operating in? So what do I mean by that? Some people uh, have a, be clear on this. This has been something we've, we've talked a lot about at AppSumo, which is some people have a COO that runs like a very specific department, like they run customer support and they run maybe operations of like uh, marketing or customer success. And so that is a COO, which is great. Now, Another thing there could be 
Alona, who's the VP of Ops at AppSumo, she is the day-to-day CEO of the company. So she is empowered in her lane to do anything that's necessary within the week to improve the business. And that is our relationship. And so there's a book I think she was reading called CXO. Uh, I think the book is called Startup CXO, A Field Guide to Scaling Up Your Company. Alona's really liked this, so it's a book that's on my list that I will be checking out. That was a lot in the, the operations side. I think it's one of these roles that is not utilized enough in businesses. It's a role that's not super developed, like you know, head of revenue, chief revenue officer. It's kind of new roles that maybe they had different titles before, but are extremely valuable. And I, I've noticed for myself in my own career that I'm a broad brushstroke person we're like, yes, I can do the details. Yes, I can organize it. But I do really, really well finding someone like a Mitchell where, you know, at the end of the day, I'm like, hey, I want to have a sumo charity bike ride. Here's my dreams of how I, I, certain parts I need to have happen. Can you help make it happen? And not everyone's great at that. And it's, tr- you know, a little bit of trial and error. But there are people like Mitchell. There's people like Alona. There's people like Eamon that do that. Maybe one test that you could see if someone's be good at operations, if I think about them three and, and Anna as well, they take a lot of notes. When you're talking to them, they're writing notes. And what they're doing is they're thinking, how do I operationalize? How do I standardize? How do I make sure I get down what I want to get down? And uh, that's definitely a consistent pattern I've seen across from people who are exceptional in operations. And I will say sustainability and consistency is probably one of the most undervalued things in business. So finding someone like that will definitely help you. I hope you loved the episode as much as I did recording it for you. And George Chu, my man, thank you for pulling together the questions and all of the junior intern associate work that you do as the producer of the show. Next, text a friend you love them. Yo, let's go ask questions to each other. <laughs> and hit me up on Instagram or Twitter at Noah King. I love feedback about what you think about these episodes or if you have questions for yourself or even that you listen this far in the show. Most people don't make it to the end, but you're special. Thank you to Jason at podcasttech.com for recording these episodes and doing all of the editing. Thank you to George, Hubert, Jeremy, Cam, Sasa, Nikki, and Jen from the Dork Team. They make the magic happen. Thank you to Chad Boyda, man. I love you, Chad. We've been uh, doing this a while and I still meet with you and I get excited about all the things we're working on in Sumo Group. Have a great day, everyone. I love you. What's your favorite way to tell someone you love them? <laughs> <laughs>